Welcome to the Children's Wellness Spot. I am Dr. Bonde Virgil, otherwise known as Dr. V. I am a board certified pediatrician, which means I'm an expert in all things related to children and teen health. So let's talk and break it down so we can help our teens and children live their happiest, healthiest, best lives. Hi there, welcome back to the spot. So it looks like respiratory season has come early to most of the United States. What is respiratory season you ask? Well, for those of us in the world of pediatrics, it is the time of year, typically deep in the winter, late November, December, January, and February, where there are a lot of kids with respiratory issues that get admitted to hospitals or end up at their pediatrician's office or in the pediatric emergency room. So I'm sure by now you've probably seen headlines everywhere from mainstream TV news to um, local news everywhere about particularly something called RSV, which is respiratory syncytial virus. Um, there are tons of cases all over the country where kids are being hospitalized at really high rates um, pretty early in the year for this um, virus. And so obviously we've all come out of a pandemic and there was a lot of panic and fear about that being COVID. So now with this virus that many families are becoming familiarized with for the first time, there's also a lot of fear and panic about that as well. So let's talk a little bit about RSV. Hopefully I can calm some of your fears and help you get informed and empowered to recognize when you need to get help for your child, what is this virus and is this or is this not the new COVID? I want to start by saying it is not the new COVID. This is not the new pandemic as far as we know, okay? So RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, is a virus that as pediatricians we are very familiar with. Every year we get through um, this season, um, and in the past it's been fairly predictable. Uh, typically, this virus infects the upper um, airway nostrils of kids who are under five between the time of October through um, end of March. So that's the season that it usually um, is peaking. For whatever reason, and we can talk a little bit about that in a minute, this year and a little bit even last year, the pattern of this virus was really different from what has typically happened in the past. Um, when I think back about this summer, and particularly for, in particular for myself as a pediatrician that worked in the hospital, we had lots of kids hospitalized with really bad breathing issues related to RSV this summer. So that off the, the top of my head lets me know that something was different. And so now as we're entering the fall, we've seen another huge spike, and I mean huge spike, in kids who are getting hospitalized with RSV earlier on than they typically do. So that is what you're seeing in the news. And unfortunately, this is coming at a time when the hospital systems, pediatric as well as adult, have been really struck, and I mean struck, by resignations, nursing staff, Staff, respiratory staff, physicians, you name it. Many have stepped away from being in the hospital. Hospital beds are a little bit more limited. So there's that challenge, which is overlapping this huge increase in RSV. 
And so that's why you're getting the panic. Um, you know, there are some reports of hospitals, and we know this, I know this from experience, that have long wait times to be seen in the emergency room for um, kids, and some hospitals that are running at pretty tight capacity as a result of just a lot of kids being sick at the same time. So you may want to know why is this happening? Why is RSV such a big deal this year? Um, the theories, there are a lot of them out there about it, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have been masked for the last, you know, one and a half, two years because of the pandemic. So that really limited the amount of kids that were out and about interacting with each other, adults as well. So there wasn't as much of this virus circulating in the community. And so there wasn't a lot of natural immunity that happened for the adults. And, and so little kids who are now being exposed to the virus are being exposed to much more of it, okay? Higher volumes, less people who have been previously exposed to RSV over the last two years. There could also be some shift in the virus itself. We've noticed that other viruses have shifted a little bit as far as their patterns. We know that COVID did that too. Um, and so we have that challenge as well. Now for pediatricians like myself and, and all of us who've managed patients for years, decades even with RSV, the way that we take care of our patients with RSV is pretty well understood and we have models that work very well for treating these kind of patients. Um, what's really important for parents and those in the community to understand is when you need to get help for your child. And also, I cannot say enough, do not panic. I know you're going to read headlines that say this is the apocalypse. This is hell. I think I saw one that literally said hell at the hospital. Now that is really speaking to the experience of the wait, which is unfortunate. Speaking to the volume, the, the large numbers of patients that are showing up. But the disease itself does not necessarily equate to hell. This is not going to necessarily cause death in your child. And I say necessarily because there are cases of deaths. A lot of that has to do with the risk factors of the child, like if they have, if they were born early, if this is a very small baby, if this is a child who has underlying medical issues, you know, heart disease, um, really, really bad asthma. So those kids are different, obviously. Or if there's a huge delay in recognizing what's happening with your child. So this is the part of the conversation that I want you to really lean into because this is the part that's going to help you move past your fear into the space where you are now empowered and know what to do. So the natural disease course for RSV is, is this. So a couple of days of nasal congestion in, in most typical patients, children, teenagers, adults, you'll feel stuffy, you'll have um, congestion, you'll cough. And then for some patients, it usually migrates to the chest where there's a a little bit more mucus production and coughing some more and some wheezing even, okay? So that's the natural progression. This can run anywhere from about two to three days, typically about five to seven days, with the worst part of the illness usually being about days three to five. And that's when most patients who are gonna be very symptomatic have their greatest challenges. On the backside of the seven days, you have um, patients who are on, in the recovery. And that can be faster for some. And again, those who are more vulnerable, you're younger babies, you know, newborns under 30 days, under two months, those who were in the NICU may have a longer time recovering from this virus. And so that's when you'll find the prolonged coughing and things like that. 
So when do you know you need to get help for your child? If there's nasal congestion and they're coughing some and you suction them out, your child is blowing their nose and they're not having any difficulty drinking or eating or they're not having any fast breathing or they're not showing you signs of what we call lethargy. So lying around, looking very tired, um, not engaging well, then you're, you're in a good space. Um, you can watch them at home, use the saline on their nostrils. You can do a little Vicks Vapor Rub to open up their nasal passages, um, making sure they're drinking lots of fluids and resting. And most importantly, trying to keep them away from other kids so that we can minimize exposure. This doesn't necessarily mean that people need to return to masking. It just means that there should be wiping of surfaces. There should be some hand washing, more hand washing, not just some hand washing, but much more hand washing. And then just monitoring uh, the child. There can be fevers associated with this. So if your child has a fever and they have these mild symptoms that I'm describing, you can treat them with Tylenol. If they're old enough for Motrin, six months or older, you can do Motrin. If um, that gives them some comfort, then that's wonderful. Unfortunately, there isn't an antibiotic, right? Because this, I said RSV, respiratory syncytial virus. So this is a virus. So therefore there isn't a antibiotic that's going to make this go away. And I find that a lot of times in the office or in the pediatric emergency room, that's what parents are looking for, even with their mild, um, overall uh, well-appearing children. Okay, now my child is sick, I'm here because I need to get an antibiotic. And so we know that it's really important to be good stewards of our antibiotic use. We don't want to give antibiotics for illnesses that don't improve with antibiotics because we can actually create problems. We change the flora, the makeup of our uh, GI tract, which can impact our health. And we also just create more resistance to bacteria, uh, to antibiotics, right? So we don't want that. Supportive care, supportive care is what we do. Now, if you find that your child or your baby, your teen switches into that category where they are lethargic with fast breathing, lots of wheezing, uh, not wanting to drink or eat, that is the category of, of child or patient that needs to be examined, um, needs to be checked in on by their pediatrician if they're you know really ill do not hesitate to get them to someone who can see them more emergently so that's like an urgent care your pediatric emergency room uh, those spaces okay um, and that's where they will get assessed typically you know you a normal clinical exam is done someone will take time to examine your baby's ears suction out their nose because sometimes that mucus production can be so extreme that that's what's causing the difficulty and when you suction it out in a really um, good way you can clear their nasal passages and clear their breathing and they feed better so that can happen sometimes the patient may need an x-ray because you're at that point where you're not sure if it's a pneumonia versus a um, RSV wheezing mucus production respiratory issue and so that's what will be determined in that setting there are some patients who end up needing oxygen because they get so much mucus production in their lower airway that they have these plugs that make it really hard for them to get oxygen exchange. Sometimes, and this is what we run up against quite a bit, 
uh, particularly with our younger kids, they are breathing so fast that they actually need oxygen and flow, flow of oxygen and air support to help slow their breathing down. So many of you who are familiar with RSV or now becoming acquainted with it will have heard of kids who are on things like high flow, which is oxygen with flow of, of oxygen and air, or they're on something called CPAP, continuous positive airway pressure, or you know, in some cases, they end up on a ventilator. So there's a huge range, a huge range. Um, and so hopefully that helps you. I always tell parents and family members, if you are ever uncertain, you have a child in front of you that you're not really sure, something leaves you feeling unsettled about the child and your gut is telling you this is more serious, follow your gut instinct. I think that is one of the most powerful tools many of us have been given as parents and caregivers is our gut. So please don't hesitate to have your child assessed because it is so much better to spend time, and I know the waits are long, but to spend time getting the reassurance that you need if that is all it requires versus now we have spent time and we are admitted appropriately. Um, and, and that way there isn't a child missed and there isn't a situation where there's an unfortunate outcome because of any delays. And so that is um, what I wanna share with you all this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening or watching uh, the podcast. So just to round this up for us, this conversation, hopefully, again, you have felt a level of reassurance. Um, you have some information that will empower you. Most importantly, you have some information that will empower you that you can share with others so that they are empowered too. Just know the signs again, what to look out for and when to get help for your child or your baby. RSV, is not the typical virus pattern that we've seen in the past, but it is a virus that we are familiar with. So just knowing all of that, I hope that you now go forward and have a fantastic, empowered, great end to your fall, um, early winter. And um, again, we'll chat here at the spot. Thanks for spending time with me, Dr. V, at the Children's Wellness Spot. Make sure you subscribe, like, and comment. Hit that notification bell so that you can get the most up-to-date content when I post it. See you next time.